Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we travel down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I hope you'll stay tuned with me for the next 30 minutes as I reveal what's behind the curtain. On a personal note, I just want to send out a very happy birthday to my mom, who has just celebrated her 76th birthday. And my family gathered at my sister and brother-in-law's beautiful Cranberry Lake compound in the Adirondack Mountains over the weekend. We all spent three days in paradise celebrating my mom, and a great time was really had by all. So my special and heartfelt thanks goes out to my sister Patty and my brother-in-law Mark for hosting what was such a perfect weekend. And what I took away from this experience was really something for me because I've been working overtime and have not really taken a break for myself. I've had some health challenges pop up because of it, and so everything really came into my awareness. And one thing that was really something was there was no Internet service, so I brought up my computer, my work bag, and all these notes and papers and all these things to do, and I was going to try to cram them in at 3 a.m. before everybody got up because I didn't want it to really impact my family weekend and, and the time I was spending with everyone. But I couldn't do anything. And the bag never was opened, and it was an amazing experience to let everything go, just be in the moment. I was able to, instead of checking my iPhone, go for a swim. Instead of uh, working on the computer and answering two or three emails, I was able to sit around a campfire with my family and find out what they've been doing over the past year. And we all kind of threw questions at each other. And and it was a wonderful, wonderful moment and days of just bliss. So I know we have 4th of July coming up, and I just want to throw that out to everyone that maybe just take 24 hours. And even if you do have phone service and Internet service, Walk away from it. Just keep the bad clothes. Give yourself a day. I feel like I've been on a two-week vacation, and it was a, a three-day weekend. So anyway, I just wanted to share that, and uh, thanks for your listening. I am so excited to be with you all this morning on this gorgeous summer day, and it's just one day shy of the 4th of July Independence Day here in the United States of America. I do have listeners tuning in from around the globe. So I want to explain that during the American Revolution, the legal separation of the 13 colonies from the Kingdom of Great Britain occurred on July 2, 1776. So a document called the Declaration of Independence, which was a statement explaining the decision, and it was um, Thomas Jefferson was its principal author, but there were five altogether, and this was debated and revised by Congress, this document. And finally, um, on July 4th, 1776, it was approved and Independence Day came into existence. It's a federal holiday here in America spent by family and uh, community gatherings celebrating our independence. So today, our show is a tribute to this, and our subject is the mirror reflection, and our special guest is Carol Bettino. Carol has worked as a psychotherapist for over 20 years. She's authored two books. One is Better Choices, Better Life, 
and Directions, Your Roadmap to Happiness. I love both those titles, actually. She's um, also hosted her own radio talk shows in Phoenix and in Prescott. Carol is an active public speaker and has conducted numerous workshops in the mental health field. She also has a wonderful blog, so you can go to Carol's blog, and I'll spell it out for you. It's um, all one word, and it's Directions, a Roadmap to Happiness dot blogspot.com if you go there and check out carol's blog you'll be aware of all the wonderful work that she's doing out there in the world hi carol and thanks so much for being on the program today thank you so much for having me my pleasure well before we get into today's topic the mirror reflection i would love for you to share what you had to accomplish to arrive at where you are today because reading your background i was so impressed. Not an easy path for you. And you managed to do unbelievable things to achieve going back to school and getting degrees. And you designed a life that you wanted to live and you had a roadmap to get there. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with the listeners, we would love it. I I would love to do that. Um, Because so many times, you know, we think that everybody's got it so great because we see something and, and you really don't see all of the other obstacles that people have to get where they've gotten and the attitude that they had to change or they had to have in order to be able to achieve those goals. I was one of ten children in a very blue-collar family, wonderful parents, uh, good childhood. My father was a truck driver and my mom was a stay-at-home mom taking care of ten children. Wow. And... When you think about college, especially back then, it wasn't necessarily that common for females to go to college. matter of fact, I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, which was a three-year school. It wasn't even the traditional four-year school because it was geared to be a commercial school learning stenography, which, of course, people, kids today don't even know what that word is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was before dictation. And some man would would tell me what he wanted in a letter, and there I would do is type these shorthand notes and type up on a manual typewriter. And so when I went to school, I did not go where I really wanted to go. The high school I wanted to go to, I had missed by a couple of grade points and was on a waiting list. And I was devastated by not being able to go to that school. And I remembered going up to the guidance counselor, the teacher, whoever it was that I went to, and I said, isn't there any way I could retake that test to see if I could go? That's the school I want to go to. And I think in a loving way she said, you know, no, there isn't, but not everybody is college material. Yeah. And I don't think she said it in a bad way because back then she was saying, you know, you'll get married someday, have children someday, and you know, that's not going to be so important to you. And I guess in the era, you know, of the 60s, that probably was, you know, pretty common. Mm -hmm. And so I was devastated that I couldn't go to that school, but didn't realize how that statement really affected my life. Because many years later, well, not that many years later, but I had gotten married at 18, um, I went into labor on our first anniversary, by the way, but oh I decided to say, no, don't come out. I want my own anniversary. <laughs> and he, he came into the world three days later. But And then I had a daughter three years after that. So I was a young mom at 19 and at 22. 
And when I was about 25, I said, you know, I want to, I want to go back to, I want to go to school. Well, of course, I had a three-year degree, so technically, that's not how you get into college. Mm. They didn't care that I took, you know, typing and all kinds of secretarial kinds of things. Well, back then, it wasn't that big of a deal, so I had to just take a test in English and a test in math, and I passed it, and I got into class. But I have to tell you, when I first sat there to fill out that application, I was so intimidated. And I'm going to just share this, and I may, maybe in the scheme of things isn't that important, but I think it is to let people see something. There was a word after my name that said me, N-E-E. And I sat there and pondered and thought, what the heck is that? And the first thing in my head was, oh, my gosh, I can't even fill out an application for college. And you know what came into my head? I'm not college material. Mm. And boy, was that scary. And I walked up to the lady and I said, excuse me, but what does this word me mean? Mm -hmm. And she told me. And I'm going to say it because maybe some people don't know it. Mm -hmm. But it just meant to form a name, like a maiden name. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Well, I sat back down and I kept doing and filling out the application. And I remember just keep thinking, oh, I'm not college material and how scary every time something came up to it. But I got through that application, and I went to school, and I took my first class, was a nervous wreck. Um, at this time, I was about 27. My children were already, you know, you know, they were small. but um, And I pursued for 10 years. It took me to pursue a six-year degree, and that's because I did some of it part-time because I couldn't afford to always go, mm -hmm. and there were times where it was more important for me to be home with the kids, so I did only part-time, and I had to take a year off because I moved from New York to Arizona, and in doing so, you have to pay more money if you're out of state, so I waited, and I finally got my degree, and I went on, and in spite of those messages that you're not college material. Not only did I go for my associates, but went on for my bachelor's, went on for my master's. And the only reason why I stopped and did not go on for my Ph.D. was purely financial reasons. That is such a wonderful story, and I'm so glad that you shared it. And I so appreciate your honesty about it because what... You know, what most people do is give up part of the way. If things, you know, as soon as those challenges pop up in our life, we go, oh, wait a minute, maybe it's not meant for us to do this, or, you know, we, we it's so easy to go into that victim state. But you pursued that dream for 10 years. That's a long period of time. How did you keep doing that? What kept you holding on to, to seeing your vision realized? Well, one, I have a very strong faith in God, and... For me, you know, praise his name because all good things come from him and my direction, my life did come from him. Um, and so for me, I had an inner sense of that sense of spirituality that, that knew that I was truly capable of whatever as I set my mind to. And I did, and I, I pursued the things that were important to me. But I always found a balance. So when I felt like, okay, I have to do what I have to do for my family, then I would take a little less class. We couldn't really afford to go full-time that semester. I went part-time. I didn't get hung up in what a lot of people get hung up in worrying what everybody else is going to think. Mm -hmm. I had really been driven to follow what I believed was right and somehow find balance in being able to do that. So I didn't find what was right by taking off on six years and leaving my children or leaving my husband or doing whatever 
I didn't do that. I found a way to balance it all. And I think that's where sometimes people get stuck. They get so driven that they don't see the, the other things that are really important in their life. And they lose out on that while they're just achieving and going after one goal. And I think people do that sometimes with money. Money becomes so important to them that they forget having fun with their family. They forget doing things that, that can bring them happiness or bring them joy. And, and that kind of stuckness yeah. is obstacles that get put in people's way. And sometimes we put them in our way ourselves. Absolutely. And, I, you know, as I was uh, saying to you earlier, I saw this in myself this weekend where I really saw how much I was just had these my goals set. And that's, you know, I was going towards those goals, but I was wiping out everything that was to the left of me and to the right of me. Things that, you know, spending time with family, taking downtime for oneself. All these things are so important. I really got that message loud and clear this weekend. And thank you for sharing your story as well. And hopefully... You know, if you're out there listening and you can kind of relate to what we're talking about, you can take some of these suggestions and work them back into your own life. And the in honor, as I mentioned, of Independence Day, this is going to be a show about personal independence and freeing ourselves from being a victim and taking responsibility for our own happiness. So let me just throw this out for people to think about. What if the people in our lives are emotional reflections of who we are? I usually find that people react to this concept very defensively, and when I first heard it, I, I reacted that way as well. And it's usually because it is difficult for us to fathom that our personality traits mirror someone we might not feel very favorable towards, and we may try to suppress or ignore the information that is basically in front of us, and sometimes even reject these aspects of our own personalities when we discover them in others. So this plays out usually, I know in my case, by in, in the past, by having a negative attitude toward a person um, because that person reflects a certain aspect that I'm rejecting in myself. So it's very easy for us to judge others based on what we think and our expectations. And if we think of the people in our lives and their behaviors as holding up a mirror to our own behavior at one time or another, it's an opportunity for us to have a deeper and clearer vision of who we are and who we have been. And I know for myself, this has really helped me resolve a lot of things about my past and, you know, relationships that may have not gone well. And I've come to learn that my own happiness really depends on how I view life. So if I find myself disturbed and hurt or angry, sad, happy, or in awe of someone or having any kind of strong emotional response to any relationship, I find that it's an opportunity for me to look deeper within myself for information instead of reacting to the other person's behavior. This, you know, because of this, I have a greater compassion and understanding of myself and others. And the rewards I get is that it's made me realize that I don't have to be the victim of other people's behavior. My biggest challenge in life, both in terms of circumstances and relationships, have been the greatest gifts for me. And taking this kind of action has given me an awareness about myself, which lets me see my mistakes and embrace them, correct them, and move forward in a way that gives me the power to redesign my life and myself so that it nurtures my desire for inner peace and happiness. So 
Anyway, Carol, please share your thoughts on the mirror reflection, and, and I know you're coming from it with a with a different experience and knowledge and wisdom about it, and how you feel the impact can have on individual or individual growth process. Well, I, I think you know, coming from it as a therapist, which my head always goes to because that's the hat I wear probably the most, is that I think that when you look within yourself, that's how a person can truly be true to themselves and be happy and be spiritually grounded or be at peace inside, whatever it may be. In order to do that, you have to get rid of the baggage that sometimes you carry that make you an angry person or a bitter person or a person who feels entitled because of your trauma or because of your pain. And I'm here to validate anybody who has gone through something traumatic or painful or hurtful or something that's unresolved, that's been a conflict in their life. I'm here to validate that and recognizing that even if you were a victim at that moment in time, you had no control over what was happening. You couldn't change what was happening. What you can change is in your future not to carry it with you and not to play it out in others. And that's what sometimes happens. People have trauma, pain, whatever it is, and instead of maybe doing a mirror reflection of, okay, where am I at now? I am not a victim today. I was then, but I am not a victim today. And be able to look in there and be able to recognize when I'm around a certain person, there are certain people who are going to trigger that pain in me or trigger that victim thinking in me. That's when you have to look within and ask yourself, what about that person is opening up something in my mind? Is it something that I don't like to see? Is it something that shows that that's who I am? Or is this kind of a person I keep choosing because of my own issues? And if it is, I need to learn to set boundaries. And I think that when we understand the technique, we have to learn how to put in other things in our mind that help us change our thinking, our feeling, how we're interpreting it, how we're perceiving it, and begin to start looking at what parts of it can I change. And we have to start with our attitude. If we don't change our attitude, we will not change the behavior, and those people will continue to trigger us and will continue to act out in unhealthy ways. That's really beautifully said, and it's it's so true because I will find, and it still happens, you know, it's I'm not coming from a place where I'm perfect. I am in this, you know, I'm a work in progress. That's what I consider myself. But there are times where the same relationship, the same kind of relationship will come back, and I'll go, oh, my God, here it is again. I'm feeling the same things. I'm, I'm reacting in the same way. And I now I know it's because, all right, well, if it's coming back into my life, it's because I'm not resolving the issues I need to resolve for myself. So that has really given me the insight to stop, pause, and really break it down And in terms of, okay, what's really going on here? So 
there are times, though, when we're not aware of that, when we go right into reacting to something. You know, there's almost like we're not, you know, we don't have the, the knowledge about how to stop and pause or even that it's it's happening to us. We just go, you know, we're so emotionally triggered so quickly, we just jump into it. So do you have any advice about if we're feeling those emotions, how we can pause and stop and start reflecting? Absolutely. I think, first of all, when we stop, we have to ask ourselves, what's this about? Why am I feeling so angry or why am I feeling so scared or why am I feeling such shame? You know, shame is that debilitating, unhealthy feeling that makes me think that somehow I have no value, I have no worth, I'm not deserving, I'm not loving, and we tolerate it. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, what's that about? Now, sometimes if we get too stuck in what's that about at that moment, we don't have enough time to react in a healthy way. Right. So we need to be able to to say just enough of saying, okay, what's this about? This is about my past or this is about me resenting that this person has more than I do or this is about me feeling guilty because I didn't do right by this person or whatever it may be. And it's like, okay, take that, freeze it for a moment and put it aside and I'll deal with it later. And then be able to look internally and say, okay, I need to change something right now so that I don't react with a knee-jerk reaction. And that's what most people do. They just react, you know, the same way. So if they're angry people, they always act out of anger. And when they're angry and they feel like they're losing control, they will get so angry and say such mean, hurtful things that they will attack you so that they can crumble you. If you're the victim of that kind of reaction, you need to stop, pause, and say to yourself, what's this about? Why am I feeling victimized? Why am I allowing this person to victimize myself? Okay, freeze that for a moment. Now I'm in the here and now. I don't like what that person had to say, so I need to say something to them. I need to say I don't deserve to be talked to like that, or I think it's time for me to leave right now. That's when I learned to take all of these techniques that I learn over over time and be able to start to apply them. So I take my mirror technique by in, uh, reflecting on that, seeing why I'm reacting the way I am, stop it so I can start to think differently. At that point in my in my book, Directions, Roadmap to Happiness, I talk about the ABCs of life, attitude, behavior, and choice. At that point, when I have frozen that that painful memory or I've frozen that sense of feeling vulnerable or shame, I'm now going to look at what do I need to do to think differently, to feel differently. How do I perceive this situation differently? Maybe I need to perceive it as this is not about me. This is about this person, and I'm not going to allow this person to do this. So I'm going to set myself up in a, in a sense of looking at my attitude and asking, what do I need to change? If I can change my thoughts that said, I am not a victim now. If my feeling is, um, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm okay about standing up for myself, then my perception is, this person doesn't have control over me. My past doesn't have control over me, that I can control how I feel and how I'm going to react. Then my behavior will reflect that. I may walk out of the room. I may hang up the phone. I may no longer be friends with this person, whatever it is I have to do. And then the choices I make are going to be better that will lead me to that happier life. 
Love the ABCs of life. That's that's really great. And let's repeat that for people. The uh, A stands for. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Your attitude is your mental state. If you're an anxious person, then you think that way, you feel that way, you perceive your situations that way, and you look at your life in always what ifs and dreads. If your attitude is healthy, then your thinking, feeling, interpreting, perception is going to be healthy. The B is behavior. That's how you respond to people. That's why you react or overreact or stand there dumbfounded or stand there victimized and not react. That's your behavior. And your choices is a conscious choice that you have thought through of what's right, what's wrong, what's moral, what's immoral, what's ethical, what's not ethical, and in this particular situation, what's the right way for me to handle it. That's beautiful. And that's a quick and easy tool that you can now place in your pocket, you know, and just pull it out when you're in that situation. That's exactly what I was looking for. And and to recognize that it's going to take a matter of practice. You're not going to get this in one shot. You know, it may take several different, you know, experiences to come into your life uh, where you're doing this and being in the practice of it before it starts to feel natural. I know this is the case for myself, and I'll share that with you. And the other thing that I think is important for listeners to understand is that when we have those really big emotional kind of reactions, it's coming from a very young place, isn't it, Carol? As a, as Absolutely. A, it's coming from childhood, and and we react in the age that that wound was created, and that's not always coming from a you know a logical place. No, because that's exactly what's happening. If you still are angry at something that happened at ten, and you may be rightfully so to be angry about what happened, right. but you cannot allow that ten-year-old to live your adult life and expect everybody to put up with it. So that's why you freeze that moment, and when after you have dealt with what you have to deal with, that's when you go back and you say, okay, what's that about? Well, maybe that was that bad experience as a child. Or maybe it wasn't just one experience. Maybe it was a whole childhood. Right. Um, And, again, it's attitude. It's like, do I allow my past to dictate my future? Do I allow the things that happened to me that were negative to make me become a negative person? And that's why that ABCs is important because attitude is what's going to determine how you react to that. You know, my mother had ten children, and she went through a, you know, when I think about my mother's life, she had a hard life. I mean, my dad was a good man, and he was a good father, but my mother had a lot of work. She lost her both her parents within the, a year of each other. Her husband had a heart attack the, the, when her, her father died. Um, all these kinds of things. She ha- had health issues later in life, and she died at a young age, at 67. Wow. But if you would have asked my mother, even on her deathbed, did you have a good life, mm-hmm. she would have smiled and said yes. And yet I have other people who have had maybe just as bad as she did or maybe not as bad, and all they focus on is what was wrong in their life. Exactly. And that's why you have to freeze those moments because otherwise you continue to act out of your anger. If something happened to you as a child or you grew up in a home that you didn't get what you really deserve to have had, loving parents, nurturing family, you know, a good life, if you didn't get that, 
you can acknowledge that that was not fair to that little child. So you image yourself at that age, and you embrace that child with you as an adult, with all your knowledge and abilities today, and you put your arms around that little child, and you say, it's okay now. From this moment on, I will be with you. And if you can do that, you can place that child in your heart, and at any moment in time, you feel that child coming up without any skills, without any opportunities, with, with a nine-year-old mind and a nine-year-old set of techniques to help cope, just remind yourself to look at that child's smile, hug that child, place her in your heart or him in your heart, and be able to say, it's okay. I'll take care of it from this moment on. And for those of us who have faith, we can also grab on to the fact that God has always had our back, and he will always have our back. And those are very powerful words from Carol Bettino and words that we can all use and uh, share with others. And it's a great, great thing to celebrate this Independence Day. Take that inner child, as Carol shared, and and just do that. Take a moment for yourself and have that independence. Take responsibility from this day forward and create the kind of future you want for yourself. Carol, I can't tell you how wonderful it's been to have you on the program with us today. I hope you'll come back. I just want to mention your books again, Better Choices, Better Life, Directions, Your Roadmap to Happiness. Those are two titles. Carol's blog, again, is Directions, A Roadmap to Happiness.blogspot.com. So lovely to meet you virtually, and I hope you will come back and visit us. It's been a joy. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carol. Next week, everyone, we go to nutritionist Sherry Brescia of Great Taste, No Pain fame, and uh, she will be back to discuss food combining. It's summertime. If you're struggling with weight issues or digestive problems, this is the show for you to tune into. Thanks for taking this journey with me. This is Kathy Barrett and Carol Bettino sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll tune in. Peace, everybody. Bye.